to It's Brithy Personal, a podcast all about love, mindset, life lessons and the South Asian diaspora. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. And I know this episode schedules have been a little bit out of whack, so to speak. And that's kind of because I've been away for a while. I kind of need to recharge my battery after lockdown one. And I'm pretty sure lockdown two is now pending. So that little time that we had in between, I kind of just needed it to recharge my battery. So I was very quiet on social media and even uploading the episodes like I wasn't on my original Tuesday schedule. But I'm back and I'm so, so, so excited for future content. Honestly, as soon as I came back from my break, there were so many emails and messages for potential collabs that I currently in the works (coughs) season two. (laughs) Oh my God, I can't wait. I also wanted to actually say that today is International Podcast Day. So happy International Podcast Day. And I'm so glad there's actually a day to celebrate podcasts. There's actually a day to like celebrate everything. So I'm glad there's one for podcasts. So I've been podcasting for about three or four months now. And you guys know the story about why I started my own podcast. Um, if you guys are new, the reason that I started my podcast was because I think for me, I couldn't find that. British Asian podcast out there that I could 100% relate to and I wanted my platform to be a place for other South Asian people to share their stories from the South Asian diaspora as well as talk about topics but more from the lens of a British South Asian person and since podcasting I've actually come across so many amazing people and so many amazing podcasters and it made me realize actually that there are so many podcasters out there So I wanted to show my love and appreciation for some British South Asian podcasts that I listen to religiously, some of who started a similar time to me and some of the podcasts have been around for a lot longer. But I think they are all so amazing in representing British South Asians, which is so needed, especially in the podcast space. So these are my top five that I listen to literally as soon as they like release an episode. So the first one is in the group chat podcast by Vic, Sunny and Pav. Literally, I every single time I listen to their podcast, I feel like I am part of it. Like I am actually talking to myself like I'm chatting to these boys. Like it's crazy. I love their podcast. The other one's Brown Game Strong, which again, Matali is amazing. She's actually starting season two in October. So please check her out. Bane Saini, who have started and they are so funny. If you like Desi comedy, you would love this podcast. It is amazing. Gratitude Talks, Jussie is so incredible. I love just how open and honest and just to the T she is with all her topics. So she's spoken about stuff like 1984 Seek Genocide. I know her season two is also coming out, so I can't wait for that. And finally, Two Chickpeas in a Podcast, who are literally the sweetest girls. And I love all their episodes and I love their Instagram as well because they're always like sharing stuff. And I'm like, I did not know that. I did not know that. So those are my five. I think they are so amazing. So please definitely check them out. I'm going to link their podcast down below in the episode description. It's something for you to listen to after this episode. And honestly, they are so good at what they do. And I just want to say well done, guys, because I'm so glad that there's other British South Asian podcasters out there. And to all the new South Asian podcasters that will hopefully be on the scene soon. Like, I'm so excited that I think this is such a start for us in terms of British South Asian podcasters that really makes me so excited like of what the future holds and also the third wall fm which is hosted by aaron and hamish and they invited me to be on their 52nd episode so their one year birthday episode thank you guys for having me on and that episode is out now and it was honestly like the funnest collab that i've done so far in the sense that sometimes the things that i talk about is quite deep and it's quite personal and i think on that podcast i really just got to be like the funnier side of me or the less serious side of me. And I loved that. And I want to do that more even on this podcast. Really enjoyed it. We spoke about stuff like prenups. We spoke about the gender imbalance within the South Asian community. And also we spoke about what would you do or what would you name your child if you and your partner both had double barrel surnames? So would they have a double double barrel surname? Does that make sense? Probably not. Maybe listen to the episode so that we get more sense because we literally spent 25 minutes talking about this. I will also link that episode down in the description. And I love collabing with other podcasters. Thank you for having me, guys. And your podcast is amazing. Okay, so now that my five minutes of appreciation for other podcasters who are amazing is over, let's talk more about this week's guest. Her name is Aditi. She's from the Bay Area in California. And I met her through Instagram where I came across her page 
which is all about getting people to find their power and purpose and letting go of limited beliefs. And honestly, she is one of the nicest people to talk to. When I was actually like talking to her during this episode and before, I can relate to just so much of what she says. I will link other these social media in the episode description below as well. And she also has a podcast too, which is also something that I will link down below. And don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast if you haven't. And if you are new to podcasts or you're new to my podcast, hello. One thing that I will say is that if you love my content and you like my podcast, please subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically anywhere you get your podcast. It just makes it so much easier for you to know when my next episode is out because it will go straight into your library. And if you are active on social media and you want to actually follow me on social media, you can on Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Personal. Oh, and I think one thing that I want to actually try and do in October is start making Instagram reels. Just because I feel like Instagram is probably my favorite social media app and I kind of want to start using reels. I just don't know how to make them. And I also don't think I'm that great of an actor. So will I actually be entertaining? To be honest, I think me messing up will be quite entertaining. Not gonna lie. But (laughs) we'll see. So if you guys have any suggestions on the types of Instagram reels or TikToks, if I decide to resuscitate my TikTok, please let me know. You can slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter. And let me know, because like I say in every episode, I really enjoy chatting to you guys and I love just talking to you guys and creating this little community that we kind of have. And finally, last thing, if you are listening to Apple Podcasts, hello, please could you do me a favor and rate this podcast five stars and give it a review because it generally helps this podcast grow. And I do, although it's such a baby podcast, I want it to grow and to reach more people and I also just feel like hey South Asian podcast (laughs) so without further ado let's get into this week's episode hi everybody so I have a very special guest today she's a writer and a podcaster on bravery self-love limiting beliefs gratitude and manifesting your dreams I have Aditi with me here today. Hi, Aditi. Hi, Preeti. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on your podcast. No worries. I love your page and I'm so excited because you've recently launched your own podcast as well, haven't you? Yes, I have. And it's very much about a personal passion I have, which is trying to let go of limiting beliefs. And how do you get about that? So it's been a fascination for me since I was a young age. And uh, the core reason for that being that if you have one inhibitor to success, it's your limiting beliefs. And so I'm fascinated with trying to tackle limiting beliefs from a spiritual as well as logical standpoint. And uh, yeah, my, my podcast is on my page. You guys can check it out. So before we get into the main bulk of this episode, which is all about self-love and limiting beliefs, Let's get to know you a little bit better. So one thing that I do with every single guest that comes onto this podcast is um, I do some icebreaker questions so that the people listening can learn a little bit about you. I just want to know, what is one thing that you value the most? So I really value having deep, genuine conversations with individuals. And for me, what really gets me excited is when I can go on full on, like all the way, all night conversations with people across any kind of topic. And I think it has to do with my background. I actually went to UC Berkeley. If you know anything about that college or that university, it's totally a space where anyone who's passionate about anything ends up pursuing it to their utmost desire and intent. So you end up just sitting down with people and having some of the most enriching conversations. So yeah, that's definitely something that turns me on. (laughs) (laughs) What is one challenge that you've overcome this year? A huge challenge for me has been just becoming vulnerable, like overcoming the challenge of just being open, sharing my full self externally. I think, Freethi, you can totally relate to this. but I can 100% relate to this. Yeah, I was listening to your podcast when you started kicking this off. You had this in the back of your mind as something you wanted to kick off for a while. And you have this limiting belief, the back to limiting beliefs, right? All of us have these limiting beliefs, like who am I to do this? Why would anyone want to listen to me? And 
oh man, this is getting a bit intimate, but you have to do it. You Otherwise, you're going to live with regret. So this has been a big thing for me. And I think Brene Brown's books on daring greatly and any of these like bravery. Yeah, I'm seeing your face like... I'm like, yes, I, I'm reading that book right now, actually. Isn't it amazing? It's so good. Honestly, like if there's that one book I would recommend someone is that book, it's life changing. Yeah. And one more thing she talks about in the book, I know I'm digressing a little bit, but one is the bravery ang- angle, which is that you just have to do it, right? Because actually we are a lot more self-conscious. We think people are judging us, even though they're not, because people have way more important things to do in life than to sit there and judge you. But the second thing was um, she said, darkness does not define you, but darkness is an opportunity for you to kind of shed your brightest light. And I thought that was really inspiring. And I just wanted to touch on the darkness angle because I think it is something that we hide away from. But to become brave and to show your most vulnerable self, you have to show all aspects of you, including the the parts that you don't like the most. And I know this is touching into some of the self-love stuff we'll talk about later, but yeah. (laughs) And the final thing that I want to do is what makes you proud of yourself? I'm not very good with self-flattery, but I will try this one. It's something I have to work on. Yes, yes. Self-flattery is so important. I think what I'm most proud about myself is that I continue to look at the glass half full versus half empty. I know a lot of us are, you know, in this COVID environment, extremely anxious about the world, but I'm honestly taking this as a blessing in disguise. A lot of the time I've been using is to uh, grow myself um, in so many ways, even actually kicking off this podcast and Instagram page was something I was able to do mostly because we were at home, right? Like, and so instead of just, you know, watching tons of TV or something, I continue to invest in myself and continue to grow myself. And I'm not afraid to try new things. So these are the types of things that I'm really proud of about myself. I love that. Yeah, I feel like COVID is definitely been the time where everyone's passion projects have like manifested into actually doing the passion project instead of thinking about the passion project. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you. So let's talk more about your journey. So how did you get into this journey of self-love and breaking down those limiting beliefs? Yeah, yeah. So I think it continues to be a work in progress, right? We're always looking to break down limiting beliefs and try to become truer versions of ourselves. But let me just start off with kind of who I am and my background a little bit. So it gives some of that context. So growing up, being an Indian American I have definitely my Indian cultural roots. And in, in that side of things, it's a very collectivist culture, right? Where you think for the greater good of the larger versus yourself. And so as a kid growing up in the Bay Area, which is in beautiful Silicon Valley in California, there's a huge focus on growth through education and making sure that you check all the boxes and get everything right so that you can get into your perfect school and get the perfect career and all of that. So that was definitely me. I was like that straight A student doing everything perfectly and it was good, but I was never listening to myself or my inner voice. So that's where it started from. And then I eventually started learning more about limiting beliefs and self-love as I started getting into some of the um, spaces in college and university. When I went to Berkeley over there, I was exposed to so many amazing people, having so many enriching conversations, and I started learning to schedule things on my own time, doing a lot of self-exploration and realizing that it's not about fitting within the structure or the mold of what you have to conform towards to get external approval. And it's actually more about using the confines of what exists today to engage in self-exploration and figuring out which category speaks the most to you so that you become a richer, truer version of yourself. This is all the way up until my early 20s, right? And then in my mid-20s, when I hit 25, what happened was I was still checkmarking the boxes, right? So I thought that, all right, I got into prestigious school. I did all the right things. I did some self-exploration and discovery, and I felt really great about myself. But at the same time, I was thinking like, okay, what's next in my life? What else do I need to checkmark on my box of like criteria to be considered you know, perfect or achieving all the things in life. And so that was getting an MBA. So in my mid 20s, I enrolled into an MBA program. And again, I was going through the hustle, going through the grind and thinking this is perfect. I'm doing all the things that a people pleaser version of myself would enjoy. 
However, at that time, we had a winter break. I was chatting with a friend, actually in beautiful Hayes Valley, if you know the neighborhood in San Francisco. And on her phone, she actually had a photo of the floating lanterns. I don't know if you've heard about the floating lanterns. Yeah, so I went traveling to Thailand、um, a couple of years ago, but we went in the summer, and the floating lantern thing is in like November. Yeah, but it's like on my bucket list to go and see. I would honestly love to go and see them. Sorry,、right? that was yeah. Oh my god, no, so beautiful. No, I agree with you. I think the floating lanterns are such a beautiful spectacle. It's almost like Diwali if you think about it, which is so funny、yeah. because this is where you see the cultures meld, and we're actually a lot more connected than we sometimes believe ourselves to be. Like. Oh, you're from the Western world. You're from the Eastern world. Your Asian culture is different from my Asian culture. So not true. Yeah. My friend and I decided that you know what? If she's she loves Thailand, she wants to go there. I also wanted to go to Thailand. I was thinking, well, let's actually take a risk and let's actually do this and plan a trip to Thailand. This is something I hadn't done ever, but I will say it was so spiritually pivotal for me and so deep. And reason I bring this up is that until then I had really been learning to kind of abide by schedule and you know checkbox everything else. But when I was going to Thailand, I actually picked up a book on Buddhism, and I had started reading it because I was thinking that you know I should better understand the culture over there and the people. And I started realizing that the world that we are living in is we keep we make life so complicated. Like we can actually simplify things by simply. Focusing in on ourselves, going through some introspection, and learning to smile at the small things in life, and that's actually what I experienced in Thailand. So, I got to Thailand, and then my friend and I were meeting so many different people. All the folks over there were just smiling. I'm not kidding. I don't know if you experienced this yourself, Bithi, but all the people there were, you know, even if it was like something like where somebody is squeezing out fresh juice to give us a smoothie, you know, and that requires a lot of intense labor. The woman who was doing it had this beautiful smile on her face. Basically, smiling was like a natural reaction to everyone in the space, and it's like reminds you that you should be focusing more on bringing joy to your life and not thinking that struggle is the only path forward. So that was really transformative for me. And then I, I did a few other things over there. I I went scuba diving in the deep blue waters over there, and that was so refreshing. But it also feels very meditative. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it. You basically are removed from all the externalities of life, and you're just with yourself, and it's extremely peaceful. And that's actually my foray into learning to listen more to yourself. And so, the book on Buddhism that I was reading at the same time, and the exposure to the people around the this place was just so so beautiful. And then on top of that, one day we were trying to cross this bridge to the island of Koh Samui, and that's where the scuba diving experience was. And we couldn't cross the bridge because the bridge actually closed at sunset. And it said sunset. The sunset. There's no specific time. So we were stranded. And I had、um, a Thai girl reach out to me right in the bus that we were boarding, and she said, "You can stay at my place." Another example of like, if you're stranded, humanity is so beautiful that people will actually reach out to help you. So we have to believe in the best in people. So that was actually one of my best experiences. Like, you don't want to be stranded anywhere, but We had a party. It was somebody's birthday there, like some grandma's birthday, and we were all doing karaoke. It was one of the best experiences ever. Fast forward from there, I think what I walked away was that you can smile in just the happy, simple things in life. You don't need to try to make everything fit in this checklist of life. Living a perfect dream world is not about you know trying to do the hustle and the grind only. Sometimes it's just as important to let go of all these expectations. And start acknowledging that you are fine the way you are. And these were all the learnings I started having in myself as I was traveling. So that's kind of my Thailand experience. And the book on Buddhism was definitely transformative. I think it's called Awakening the Buddha Within、um, by Surya Das. I'll make sure I get you the correct title and name, but I believe that's what it is. And it's in there where I learned to let go of expectations. That was really, really huge because until there, I was abiding by everything, and then learning to let go was so important. And then after my experience in Thailand, I think when I finished, you know, that adventure, I still had the rest of my MBA hustle to get through. Which I it was a three year program, right? And I was doing school and work, school and work. So I was. Unable to focus too much on my personal growth at that time, but what I did learn and I continued to work on was just learning to release and surrender to some of the things that are out of your control, which is so important. 
I think especially now in today's day and age, like with COVID happening, like you can't control the world, right? So you have to learn to have joy and simplicity in the things of life and try to make the best of things and surrender to the universe and trust that things will work out. And I think that's how some of the greatest leaders in life have actually continued to achieve so much success. So yeah, that's kind of what's happened to me in a nutshell, I think between my early 20s to my mid 20s. And um, yeah, and then after that, I finished my MBA program. And here I am now um, trying to continue to work on self-love and self-growth and (laughs) self-discovery. I really love that. I think one thing that you touched upon, which I was like really nodding along to with a smiling thing for sure. Like, yeah, it's so important to just be happy about the little things in life. And I feel like a lot of times people are very much like, I'm going to be happy when I have this big fancy car or I'm going to be happy when I have this big fancy house or when I get this designer bag. I feel like sometimes the most happiest moments is just like getting that text message in the morning or someone sending you a birthday card in the post. Like, honestly, that makes me smile so much when someone just instead of buying me a present, you sending me a card is so much more thoughtful than actually buying a present. I don't know why, but for me, it is. I totally agree with you. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a different kind of smile. Like you're like, oh my God, you sent me a card. This is so cute. But it is the little things. It's someone calling you out of the blue that you haven't met for a really long time. We haven't spoke to and catch up. Like it genuinely is the little things. And it's like my phone screen save just says the little things in life. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think certain people have learned to master that. And I don't blame anyone here, right? I think what has happened is that we live in a very materialistic culture where we have actually been taught from a young age, from the advertisements to everything else, that, you know, happiness equates to purchasing something. And that's a really hard, you know, mentality to get out of. But it's more important to realize that actually happiness comes from fulfillment and feeling so, so, you know, wonderful inside, like the way I try to describe it. And actually, this is why Thailand was so, you know, transformative for me is that the first time I really felt like so fulfilled inside was when I was practicing some of the techniques in Buddhism, where you learn to simply let go, you simply just be. And then I was, you know, going through the temples of Chiang Mai. And I still remember I sat down in one temple, and there was this golden Buddha in front of me. And I'm not even Buddhist, right? But I sat there and I just started meditating. And when you start meditating, you surrender to the universe. So a lot of people think meditation is simply at focusing at the breath, which is part of it. But once you go deeper, you actually start focusing on this inner power presence inside of you. And then your heart feels like it's overflowing this golden cup of warmth. That's how I try to describe it, because literally that's what it feels like. And when you're in that state, it's almost like you're in a trance and you feel like you love everyone around you. You just feel so connected. And that feeling of fulfillment is like, oh my God, invaluable. There's nothing that can replace it. So I agree with you, like the finding happiness in the small things in life is the way to truly feel at peace with yourself. And that's why in my podcast, I talk about this too, but like, that's why I'm always toying with this idea of success. Like success continues to be redefined in my mind because If success is all these materialistic gains, which is like career growth, blah, 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 which is, you know, important in the world that we're living in. But success is also all these amazing kind of spiritual and self-love oriented fulfillment activations that you get inside. Then that to me is just as valid, if not more. And so you've got to marry the two to make sure that you feel completely, you know, at peace with yourself. Definitely. You have to find a balance. It's so important to have a balance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's go more into the meditation and what different kind of things do you do to practice self-love? I think we touched on this earlier, but I just first want to define self-love from my angle. I think self-love is a term that's thrown around a lot, right? And so I think... 100%. Yeah, I feel like it's become so commercial that self-love is like used to like... A lot of times people like self-love and say, like, oh, just put on a face mask, like go have a bubble bath. I'm like, it's more than that. It's, it's honestly so more, than, more that. than that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So this is actually the work I'm doing myself, which is that, so of course, self-love is a combination of like letting go of self-doubt and then focusing on affirmations and all of that. But the other part of self-love is the spiritual side of things and learning to kind of tap into yourself and realizing that you have everything you need inside of you and learning that you are enough 
is so important. So back to the definition of self-love, I think to me is self-love is not self-care, right? Self-care is like, you know, getting your nails done or something like that. Self-love is actually learning to be full, whole, and true with yourself, just being completely you. And that means embracing your imperfections and flaunting your flaws. Like, I actually want to say that because it's not just, all right, I'll tolerate my flaws. You actually flaunt your imperfections and your flaws and you embrace your strengths. That to me is the definition of self-love. So if we're starting from that definition and like kind of how I see it, then I would say that a lot of the activities that I do now are really focused on trying to enhance those characteristics of myself. So what I have is a good morning ritual, I think. Um, So I wake up in the morning and I actually journal first thing. And when I start journaling, I don't try to force myself to write about a specific topic or whatever. Usually journaling comes to me naturally because actually right before that, I do a little bit of meditation. So what I do is I get up, I get ready, I shower. And I actually, when I shower, I, you know, I shower normally. And then I also put myself in cold water. And oh. it's actually, yeah, it's actually, it's, it's scientifically proven to do, it's actually really good for you. So yeah, I don't try to like sit there in cold water, but Tony Robbins and a lot of like actual leaders do this. And the reason is because it triggers your body and it forces you to actually activate yourself and be pumped almost in the day for other things. I'm sure there's like specific medical and scientific benefits that are beyond my knowledge. But what I do is actually a form of like building that confidence and bravery muscle that like I'm not fearful of the water. If it's cold, I'm actually going to embrace it again. Embracing something that you're uncomfortable with is part of the self-love journey. So just immersing yourself in cold water is actually a really good action. So I tell myself this in my mind right before I do it. One is I put my hands in prayer. And then the second thing I say to myself is dance with the fear. And this is actually something I picked up from a book that's written by Kathy Heller called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And she talks about how you need to align with yourself. So it's not just about not keeping your day job, right? It's, it's actually much bigger. It's about how you can be much more in tune and aligned with yourself. And to do that, you have to start listening to yourself more so you can actually pursue the passions that speak most to you. But to do that, you have to dance with the fear. So just the simple act of jumping in cold water is actually forcing you to dance with the fear. So I literally see jumping myself into cold water as an opening for myself. So it might be getting a little spiritual here, but for me, it's like refreshing, opening. And for anyone who needs more reason to jump into cold water, apparently if you wash your face with cold water, it closes the pores on your face, which is really good for you. So for many reasons, all of the above, but like, think about it as a human being. When we were back in like the caveman days, like, did we have warm water all the time? Probably not. Right. So this is just us kind of going back to our roots. So anyway, that's the first thing I do. Then I pray. So my prayer is more at the meditation level. Like I used to do a lot of chants and actually chants are really good for you because again, I'm a Hindu. So coming from a Hinduism background, actually chanting is really good for the body because when you say a chant, you're actually emitting a specific vibrational frequency which helps you align with your body. So backing up really fast for those who don't know, but we are all energetic beings, right? So we are all emitting a vibrational frequency. If you go down to the molecular level, all our molecules are vibrating, right? And so they're always emitting energy and frequency. What you want to do is that if you're feeling low or when people say like, I'm feeling low, they're actually emitting a lower vibrational frequency. So what you want to do is get yourself back up into the better state, which is back to self-love. Like you want to make sure that you are caring for yourself and you get yourself back into the good state. And the way you do that is you can actually chanting. Chanting helps you up-level your frequency, especially because the chants that we say are in Sanskrit. So again, this is getting a little bit deep, but if you do any puja, any kind of like meditations, a lot of the words are in Sanskrit and Sanskrit is actually a vibrational language. Like every word has a vibrational frequency. So you want to say it correctly and you want to say it uh, over and over again because it actually builds your body back in tune with yourself. So that's the first thing I do. And like I said, sometimes I feel like chanting. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just meditate. And so when I meditate, I actually turn on music in the background. I highly recommend on YouTube, there's this channel called The Meditative Mind. And what it actually does is you can do specific vibrational meditations. For example, if you are feeling, I don't know, pain in your heart, maybe you have a broken heart, right? A lot of time that's happening because your heart chakra 
which is a whole other concept of its own. But let's just say chakras are energy fields in your body. If your heart chakra is feeling even a little bit low or unhealthy, then to build it back up, what you want to do is fix the energy field over there. So what you do is you actually play the vibrational frequency of the heart chakra, which is on the meditative mind. And what it will do is bring healing to that space. So again, I listen to that. I pray and meditate. And and then what I do is I just be, I let go of everything. I just breathe in, breathe out. And then I actually imagine myself being kind of detached from my body and imagine that I'm swimming in the ocean. And it's such an amazing feeling. You like feel like you're floating and you're free. So you need to do that to liberate your body and yourself. After that, I'm in this awesome kind of state now, what some people call peak state. You're just basically in a flow, right? That brings out all these amazing kind of thoughts that I want to share. So sometimes it's spiritual, like, oh, I feel like my heart is blossoming like a flower. Sometimes it's actually more, you know, logical, like, you're definitely more than enough. You are worthy. You're here on earth to actually provide so many gifts in life. And all of these are forms of affirmations, if you think about it, because they're affirming the, the beauty of yourself. So I have this whole routine in the morning and the journaling is extremely valuable for myself. But I always remind myself that I am a much bigger being. I'm a much more powerful goddess. I actually call myself that because we're all divine beings, but much more powerful than just the day-to-day work. And we have to work on making sure that we separate ourselves from our job to acknowledging that we're more than that because you have to realize that self-worth is the root to self-love. So self-love stems from self-worth. If you have poor self-worth, then there's no way you're going to achieve good self-love. So that's why I continuously remind myself that I am more than my job. I am destined for greater things. That's why I do the affirmations. That's why I say all these good things. That's why I focus on the chakra opening, because these are ways of ensuring that you're listening to your body. You have to listen to your body and you're listening to what your soul and your mind requires so that you are actually energetically and holistically cleansed and you feel like a bigger and greater version of yourself. So yeah, those are some of the practices on the tactical level that I do to make sure that I'm continuously practicing self-love. Let's get into, for example, the affirmations that you say. Do you have like a certain affirmation that you say every day or you change it up every day? How do you use affirmations and how does affirmations help when it comes to self-love? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I was a kid, I used to be like, why do people even do affirmations? It's like, it's a no brainer. Like we all know that we are powerful and amazing people. And the thing is that as a kid, when you are actually at that level or that age, you really do feel like you're on top of the world and you really do feel great inside. It's when you grow older that something, some trigger has happened to you that you start shaming yourself and you start building these limiting beliefs. And so actually, when I think about building these affirmations and saying these things about myself, it's actually trying to get myself back to that child state. And so when I say child state, here's an interesting thing for you to know. As an adult, we start emitting, like back to frequency, we start emitting waves at a different level than as a kid. So as a kid, you're actually emitting theta waves. And you can start research more about this. But theta waves are like the, the state that you really want to be in. It's like the, the state you do like right after meditation. It's the idea that you are feeling whole and true and, and everything is complete. And so you're able to actually do anything you need to do to feel on top of the world. When you're a kid, you're like, why do I even need to worry about these affirmations? You really don't at that age. This is the gateway of like intuition and learning and memory. Like theta is such an important part of the subconscious mind, which is where we're able to do a lot of amazing prayer, spiritual awareness, and be almost in this wakeful state. So now imagine if you had that 24-7, no wonder you don't need affirmations as a kid. But then as you grow older, like I said earlier, like you start getting conditioned, you start having people telling you you need to behave this way or doing this is not okay. And so what you start doing is shaming yourself and then having these limiting beliefs. And so as a result, your theta wave frequency is no longer as strong as it used to be. So you want to bring that unconscious mind back to you where you feel deep, relaxed, wakeful, um, more observant, almost daydreaming. Actually, that's why kids are such great daydreamers. So what affirmations do is that it brings you back to that state a little bit, like it helps you at least get there because what you're doing is you're saying to yourself 
some of the things that you know deeply, deep down inside that you really truly are. So like I actually say a few different affirmations to myself. They change all the time, but I think these are some of the core ones that continue to stick with me because I think at the end of the day, every human being's affirmations are meant to solve one big thing, which is worthiness, right? Back to the point earlier, which is if self-love, if what stems from self-love is self-worth, then if you're able to fix your self-worth challenges, like whatever was told to you in the past, and you're able to heal that, then you're back to being kind of the, the loving version of yourself. And, you, and now your imperfections are not flaws anymore because you actually love them. So what I say to myself is, I am great. I am powerful. I am strong. I am abundant with money and energy coming towards me. I attract positive energy. I am compassionate. I am limitless love. I am fulfilled with loving friends and family. Namaste. And then sometimes I go deeper, right? Sometimes I'll say I manifest abundance and self-worth. I am ready. I am doing it. I trust the universe to guide me. I acknowledge my greatest strength is my whole self. I am letting light and energy in. I am floating in the sky with expansive presence. I am me. I am everything. I am us. And when I say us, I'm saying us as a collective higher frequency of goodness and strength. So these are really great reminders. And then I actually journal, like I say, let's design our life as the masters of our destiny. Show inner peace, outward prosperity, loving presence, powerful energy, activating a sunrise of our collective beings, flourishing in a new world. That's my pretty long version of the affirmation, but I always do a version of this so that I can bring out the greatness inside of myself and also understanding that we all have this greatness. We can collectively bring out the greatness in each other. I really love that. I need to get into affirmations a lot more. I don't do it enough. You've touched on manifestation. So let's talk a little bit about manifestation. Yeah, for sure. So actually, this is all connected to each other, right? So You know how I was saying that if you are emitting a specific vibrational frequency nonstop all the time to the universe, then the universe also is listening, right? Like, and whether you believe in God or universe or not, here's something that's scientifically proven. When the Big Bang happened, right? At that point, you know, things collided. And at that point, there was a reverberating vibration that continues to vibrate to this day. Like, If you want, you can actually like Google this, but you can actually listen to what they call, quote unquote, the sound of the universe, because there is a sound that's constantly being emitted. So again, if there is a vibrational frequency in the universe, you yourself are a vibrational frequency, then all you need to do is kind of plug in or get in tune with your needs and then share them with the universe. So that's the like the high level piece. Now, one more thing that's also important for you to know. 95% of your brain is made up of subconscious, meaning that only 5% of your brain is actually doing any conscious activity. This is really important for you to know because if only 5% of the time you're actually activating your brain for like these day-to-day thoughts and like, you know, your work and all of that, 95% of your brain is untapped potential and it's reverberating the thoughts that you're emitting into the form of frequencies, whether you want it or not. Like if you're thinking something negative about yourself, right? Like if you keep saying that I messed up, I'm worthless, blah, 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 blah. You're actually emitting negative frequency. This is where manifestations come in. And this is why it's so important to manifest anything, which is to basically bring into reality, right? A dream or or some hope that you have a desire. You first have to align internally with yourself. And what I mean by that is in the form of meditation, of puja, of affirmations, of any kind of thing that you can think of that would actually bring you holistic sense of self and peace. And that could be journaling and all of that. So all the self-love activations that you can do to get back in tune with your body so much so that your external you know, distractions, your ego isn't saying to you anything like you actually quiet the chatter and you're focusing on yourself. At that point, you are able to now listen holistically to yourself. And then here's what I do. Let's say you want to achieve a perfect state of physical fitness. Now, you right now have all these beliefs in your brain. Oh, I'm totally not able. Like, who am I to think about this? I'm so out of shape, blah, 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 right? You need to quiet the chatter by actually writing affirmations down by saying, I am truly capable. I am strong. I am powerful. 
And you write these things down by getting into that meditative state first. And then the second thing you do is that you actually, what I do is I actually visualize it because the brain is very visual. So now actually draw a picture of yourself. It could be super ugly, right? But it's just a picture of like super toned muscles, like arms, legs, whatever. This is just a simple example, but actually draw it because now it's a vivid picture in your mind. You could also do vision boards, but I personally like to draw because pen on paper is extremely valuable. There's a kinesthetic energy that you also emit on the paper. So you actually now feel that and you actually see that. So try this work, actually try to say the things about yourself, try to visualize them as well, because then it actually becomes tangible and do this in every single part of your life, right? There's physical health, which is the, you know, physical fitness, you know, mental health, spiritual health, financial health. You might need to, you know, a certain amount of money, you write that down. And again, you're going to have limiting beliefs to actually be very intentional about it. Personal, like friends, family, all of that, career, health. Like there is a few of these buckets. If you draw a picture in each one of these buckets and you affirm each section, what you're doing is you're vibrating to the universe these thoughts. And then the final thing, the secret formula to all of this that I think is that you need to imagine like as if you're already there. You need to imagine like you have already done this. So back to the idea of physical fitness, let's just say that you really truly believe this is the body you want, this is what you have, you're extremely eating good nutrition, blah, blah, blah. And in your mind, picture that you've already hit that milestone and then write a gratitude post. Actually say, I am so grateful to have a strong, healthy body with extremely toned muscles that allow me to, you know, take on any physical activities and, you know, make sure that I have a really healthy life or something like that. Write this down like as if it's already happened and then let go. Like honestly let go because that's the that's the hardest thing, but you have to let go. And then after you let go, now start, you know, building out like the hustle of trying to get there, right? Like Take the nutritious stuff, join a gym, do those things. But like you've sent your note to the universe and you continue to affirm it day after day. You can't just do this once and be done. Do this daily, but you have to let go. And that's a really hard thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. But I completely agree with that. I think imagining that feeling of achieving it and then strive towards actually attaining that feeling. I think it's so important. Yeah. And The final thing that I want to do is just talk to you about, do you have any tips or any advice for people that maybe feel as though they want to start this self-love journey? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think self-love is certainly something that, especially from a South Asian culture, I'll just speak at least anecdotally for myself, is really difficult. Um, And when you're growing up, if, if you've learned like, you know, and even women in general, sometimes you're asked to tame down your thoughts or opinions on certain things because think for the collective and all of that. So it's a lot of work to to get there. But let me just say, say some simple things that might help you get past this easily. First, remember that as a kid, you had tons of self-love for yourself, right? So it's not like you're trying to learn a new language or a new skill. You're actually trying to unlearn the things that were taught to you. So one of the things you can do is start just writing, journaling, and exposing yourself to people who have achieved self-love in the form of books, in the form of just uh, meditation and all of that. So first, slow down. Actually slow down. We are in such a fast-paced world that, you know, it's so hard to practice self-love if you're constantly, A, like tuning out your thoughts and your feelings, focusing on the grind and the hustle, then how are you ever giving time for your body and space, right? So actually slow down this we're in covid right we're in shelter in place um this is a blessing in disguise is what i keep saying gotta sit down with yourself and just be even if it's for five minutes let your mind wander and have distractions but try to focus on the breath and try to surrender and let go and some of these buddhist books and teachings do a really good job of that but if you don't want to go down that path then even elizabeth gilbert's book eat pray love to me it was an amazing book it's an amazing foray into that space. She has an amazing chapter. I still remember she's standing at the balcony. I think she's um, in Thailand or something. I can't know in Bali. She's, she's standing at the balcony, like extremely confused about her life. And then she says in the passage that she just looks at the moon and feels like she just needs to let go. And she's an amazing passage. You could probably look up like balcony, let go or something. But I read this again and again, but it was amazing because 
either you let your thoughts take over you or you let yourself surrender and just be. So again, like it's going to be hard in the beginning because you want to pick up your phone. You want to be distracted because we're in this do, do, do mode. But the best way to do it is to actually slow down, start reading books at minimum. Or if you can't do any of the above, then just sit still and listen to some of this meditative music, right? Like sometimes just listening to music will help you start getting more in tune with other things around you. And then the last thing I'll say is that in order to actually slow down and to start feeling like you are truly able to self-love, start looking at other people around you who've done this well, who've manifested abundance, who've been able to actually get things done right in life and start following them on Instagram and stuff. Like that's what I do, right? Actually flush out your your Instagram or whatever pages, like stop subscribing to the gossip and start subscribing to some of the stuff that's going to make you feel better about yourself. I think that's such an important thing to do. Honestly, I am the same. Like you need to start following people that you would want to follow. And the last and final thing that I'm going to do is we're going to do a little quick fire round. Really fun, easy questions. So the first one is, what is your favorite holiday? Ooh, my favorite holiday is Diwali, which it's an Indian holiday, but I love it. For those who don't know it, it's the holiday where basically you light up all the lights and um, actually bring a lot of glow and joy in the house because it's the, the vanquishing of evil with good and bringing light into the house. The next one is, are you an eat out person or an eat in person? Ooh, I have become an eat in person because of COVID. But I'm an eat out person for sure. In San Francisco, there's so many amazing spots. Do you have like a favorite cuisine? Ooh, um, so I love Italian when it comes to Italian pizzas. This has come from my travel adventures in Italy. If you've been seeing me on Instagram, kind of miss Italy right now. But it's got to be the right pizza, okay? Not just any kind mm. of pizza. <laughs> um, and then the other one is chaat, actually. If I need to go towards Indian food, oh man, chaat is like street food. And... Oh, it's so good. <laughs> there's a debate. I don't know if they do this in the US, but in the UK, there's, they put pineapple on pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you ever have pineapple on a pizza? This is a very important question. Oh, man. Oh, man. So I will tell you, I used to be the pineapple pizza person. And now not so much. And I think it's because I've actually evolved. I was the only person in my family who liked pineapple on my pizza. And Again, back to self-love, like everyone else didn't like it. I'm still going to have my pineapple pizza. But then I went to Italy and then I had the true pizza. And now my husband has become a pizza chef himself. Like he's trying to become one in this COVID time and showing me the ways of true Italian pizza, which I'm actually enjoying. With no pineapple. With no pineapple. We could do a whole episode on, on Italian pizza, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the next question is, what was your dream job as a kid? You know what? I don't think I had a dream job as a kid. I used to love the clickety clack that the cashiers used to make at the cash register. So I wanted a job where I could do clickety clack with my hands, but I don't think I really knew what that meant. <laughs> yeah, I think as a kid, you go to the supermarket a lot and then you're like, oh, that's a really cool job. But I did that job for two years. It's not as fun as you think it is. It's not. Like, that was, it really isn't. <laughs> the next one is, do you have a favorite quote? Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I don't know who this is by, but um, the quote is that shoot for the moon and if you don't make it, you'll land among the stars. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because that means you've got to strive because you're going to land among the stars anyway. You are a star yourself. We are made up of stardust, okay? That's a whole other conversation, but yeah. Um, and the final one is, do you have a favorite social media app? Oh, I've got to say Instagram. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. I love Instagram. But also it's because back to the point made earlier, which is that I've personally subscribed to the types of people that I want to be connected with. And so it's almost like a cleansing. Like you get to see all these amazing people who have been doing such amazing work and it just makes you feel inspired. Whereas like I think on Facebook, it's just like all kinds of people <laughs> on my <laughs> Facebook. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Instagram is like my go-to just because I like seeing what my friends are up to as well. But then recently I've been using it way too much. So I had to put a timer on my phone to limit the amount of Instagram that I have to use. It's so bad. Like this is how bad it's got to because otherwise I'll just be like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Like it's really bad. 
You know what? Another app I could suggest it's not a social media app is the podcasts app, right? Your podcast. So, hey, if you don't want to have too much visual distraction, then listening back to the point earlier, which is like if you need to get more in tune with yourself, sometimes you need to like shut down one of your sensory, you know, forms of like senses and then focus on the other sense, which is your ears, right? Yeah. Listen to our podcasts. That's, that's, yes. that's, that's the aim of that question. Yes. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> Oh my god, this was so much fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. I think I learned so much from you when it comes to self-love and how deep it actually like is. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Preeti. I had such a wonderful time chatting with you as well. And what I'll do also is be sure to share with you any other books or reads that I come across. Yes, As please. I think that those are truly transformative. And self-love, again, stems from self-worth. So there are so many self-worth-based books. So, yeah, it was my pleasure. And thank you so much. (laughs) So that was it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Let me know what you learned in this episode. Please share it with your friends and family and people that you think will actually just resonate with this because I really resonated with so much of what Anthony said in this episode. And that is it for this week. I shall talk to you guys next week. I'm going to try and say that I will stick to my Tuesday schedule. We shall see. So yeah, just keep your eyes peeled on my Instagram or subscribe so you'll be the first to know when my new episode is out. And next week's episode is episode 15. What the hell? Like, I'm nearly like close to the end of season one, which is like, I was a dream like six months ago. But yeah, I'm so excited. So I say excited a lot, I know. I feel like someone should take a shot every single time I say excited. If you want to do that, please do that. But yeah, have an amazing week. Take care and I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.